It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Down to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, Evan and I are going to talk through Cavs-Bulls, which was a very consequential game and obviously had some implications on where this Cavs team is sort of going. We're going to talk about the post-game mood, in particular the players and the and J.B. Bakers have what we heard from them after the game in terms of their response to that loss. And we're going to talk about the Pistons game coming up on Monday. That's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you Evan, Cavs-Bulls was, I, th- I think, a lot of fun in a lot of respects, but Cleveland loses 106-96. to uh, Before we get into our normal awards, what was your takeaways kind of from this one, big picture-wise? Um, it's kind of, it was a little, uh, a little bit, a little bit of a weird game going up to the first half. Cleveland actually beat the Bulls 25-18. to It just didn't feel like that because Chicago won the first quarter by five points, but it was like a weird game at the first half. Um 
I get why JB played Isaiah Hartenstein over Dean Wade, but I guess I just don't get necessarily why Dean Wade didn't see the floor at all. But I also get it. I guess you want to have a little bit of a response for Vucevic and Daniel Tice. And, I mean, I guess it worked. Vucevic had 25, but Tice had 8. And grand scheme of things, whatever. But um, it's just an interesting game. I think a little bit of youth and experience came to bite Cleveland in the rear really hard here. Isaac, or sorry, not Isaac Cora. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton had pretty bad night shooting, even though they were both Cleveland tied for 22 points as Cleveland leading scorers. And I don't know, maybe a bit of a rubber match on Wednesday. Maybe the Cavs kind of take some notes in this to figure out what they didn't, what didn't go right, and they kind of bounce back from this because this isn't a very good Bulls team, especially without Zach Levine. So I feel like this should have been a winnable one for the Cavs, but it's still fun individually. Just a little disappointing that that was the end result. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you look at the minutes distribution, it's sort of interesting because JB basically leaned on six guys for, for most of the minutes here. So Garland plays 40, Sexton 35, Allen 32, Okora 31, Love 30, and Larry Nance 27. JB said post game that basically like where they're at now with the roster getting healthy, you're going to probably see some more Larry at the three just because they want to get him on the floor because he's one of the team's better players. It's, I think part of the reason why you saw them kind of go three bigs um, with Hartenstein at center for a bit and then then out then um, you know at a core and Allen in there at a different point um, with 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 love and with love and um who am I forgetting here uh Allen. yeah and Allen so you had like that that and Nance love Allen and Okoro this is we're recording this and my brain is like still sort of not functional on the Sunday but Chris is still in PJ mode and I'm now the spectacled member of Locked On Cavs. Yeah, I uh, I meal prepped and I'm still in my pajamas. It's a vibe, but um, like they they lean your Sunday, man. Do whatever you want with it. Love my Sundays. Love my Sundays. But you roll with this and it's telling that you went that way and then you know as you mentioned Hartenstein plays overweight and I I, 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 my brain doesn't fully believe that 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 lineup is actually going to work but I, I sort of like wonder like you know, would have been worth it to play Wade just to get the spacing and, and offer yourself some more yeah. offensive juice. Like, what would even a Lamar Stevens over Hartenstein if you want to get a wing out there who's yeah. going to compete? And like, you could push a little more. I, there's like other ways you could have gone. And I understand Hartenstein's played well and stuff. And you're if you're that worried about the size, that seems like an overreaction to me. But you know, like that that's that's what we got here. Um, it is kind of is what it is. Evan, let's do awards. Mm-hmm. So MVP will do stat of the night, play of the night. I think for me, pretty clearly, Darius Garland, the MVP of this game. 22, 12 assists, 9 to 21 from the field, uh, 4 of 8 from 3, just two turnovers, was really in command of the game. Uh, single game plus minus, obviously, isn't everything, but he was plus 4. Only Kevin Love was uh, among the starters, had a had a positive plus minus. Those are the only two Cavs with positive plus minuses in this game. I thought Garland was awesome. He, he hit some big threes. He made a ton of great passes. He, he's been awesome of late, and this is just, I think, frankly, another really, really impressive performance from him. And I, he's not why they lost, right? Like, I, I think he kind of left everything out there in a lot of ways for Cleveland. No, that's a really good pick. Darius was, by and far, points Cleveland's best player on the floor. Um, like I know you said, JB said they want to get Larry out there because Larry is also one of Cleveland's better players, too. But no, Darius was super impressive, especially the 12 assists. Um, this is a game where I can firmly say, because the Cavs were in this for a while, and Darius hit a big three to pull it within three. When it was 90, it became 96-93 Chicago, about towards five minutes left in the fourth quarter, I should say. And Darius was a big part of that. And these are games where I can point to and say, like, okay, this kid's the real deal. He's capitalizing on those flashes of potential, and he's really showing that he can be the franchise point guard of the future for this team. But I think that's an excellent pick. Um, like you said, he wasn't the reason why the Cavs lost. Um it's kind of hard. I mean, I guess maybe it's just some 
like I said, it's a little bit of a rubber match. Maybe they'll bounce back and figure out what did and didn't work. But I think maybe Torian Prince cooling off didn't help either. Like, the lack of bench production really hurt the Cavs. They had 15 points in total off the bench, which isn't ideal. And Larry is more of a distributor, not a scorer in this game. But that's fine. But my MVP pick is Isaac Okoro, and it's kind of going to go hand-in-hand with my stat of the night as well. But Okoro had the honors of defending Steph Curry on Thursday night, and he did pretty well before like Steph started hitting a few threes towards the end of the game, and things kind of blew open. But Delhi was the reason why Steph was hitting threes before that. And then um, it's just more so the fact that Isaac played really good defense on Kobe White. He made Kobe White kind of a non-factor in this game, and I know Kobe White maybe isn't the best player, and... Billy Donovan is uh, benching some of these younger players for more experienced guys, and if Zach Levine is playing, Kobe White wouldn't start, and I think Zach Levine would be the primary target of Okoro, but I don't know. Isaac was really impressive tonight. He finished the night with 13 points on 5-7 shooting. He hit two of th- four three-pointers, only had one rebound, one assist, one steal, so obviously not like a huge box score game, but it's more the eye testing. Like If you watch the game, Isaac was super impressive defensively, and I'm just really endeared on players that are intelligent, unselfish, and play good defense. Yeah, Isaac was real good. I think Sexton had some really impressive stuff in this game too. I, I, oh, you know, he did too. You know, two it's just two assists, inefficient scoring night. Yeah, you know, three of five from three is good. Missed a lot of shots inside. I think was pressing yeah. at certain points, um, but I, I think he had his two assists were both pretty interesting in that he was manipulating the defender and waiting in a way that I don't always see from him. We don't always see from him. You know, five turnovers is tough, but. Um, he was clearly up for that game, and I think that was at least a good sign. Like I, I think overall, yeah. like I don't feel terrible about Cleveland coming out of this. Like I think like they understood, like they very clearly took this game seriously, and were bothered by it. And like I, I think that's a positive sign for for this team in April when you know they're not you know very good by a lot of metrics or whatever, but like they're still in the thick of this playing race and they were taking it seriously. And I think that's at very least a positive. Evan, my stat of the night is pretty simple. Kevin Love going two or ten from three is crushing he got off a lot of good looks he said himself post game like he just makes a couple more of those and it's like a different game but you know you live with kevin love taking 10 threes by all accounts like he he's an awesome three-point shooter um he was very good inside of this game four or five on his two-point attempts had 11 boards weirdly didn't have an assist which is kind of interesting but two of 10 from three is just it's hard for the Cavs to to generate like really good offense if your best three-point shooter is just not going to miss some shots and look he's still working his way back into full on game shape i'm pretty sure of that but that that's just a tough way to go out on your shield i think if you're if you're going to lose that way and a night where your team shot 20 yeah. which was 40 percent from three and kevin was not a reason why yeah well if s were fifths we'd all be drunk right now if kevin love made a few more of those you can't really dwell on it too much and just move forward from here i think kevin will come back locked in and engaged but funny enough you speak of two ten shooting but uh, Isaac's defense and Kobe White held him to two attempts shooting, and just like at times, Isaac was bullying Kobe White on the defensive side of the ball, and um, it's just like I said, like to see it. Isaac is quickly emerging as Cleveland's best defensive player, and I'm intrigued to see what adjustments he makes this offseason to improve his game offensively. But he has a pretty good base to build off of, so that's just my stat of the night. But yeah, play of the night for you is what? I'm a simple man, like I said, and like we talked about, JB's trying to get. Um, Hartenstein and uh, Larry Moore on the floor together and kind of expanding more with the bigs, but that's that Larry Nance pass to the Isaiah Hartenstein two-hand behind-the-head dunk, and um, it was just a really impressive dunk, and I'm a simple man. It's a, a good dunk, good play. I'm good. Was Is Hartenstein more mobile or, like, flexible, I guess, than you would have expected? Yeah, I really thought he was going to be a lot more stiff, and I watched a little bit of his G League footage, and 
he's a lot more fluid and a lot more athletic than I thought he would be. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that he's a white international big guy. So I mean, I know he's born in Oregon, but it has German heritage. So I don't know. I thought he wouldn't be as fluid as he was. So yeah, he's been a surprise. Uh, my play is gonna uh, shout out Isaac Okor as well. There's a lot of stuff you go to. Garland had like two pull up threes that I think are like the exact kind of shot oh, that yeah. the Cleveland sort of needs. I want to make sure we mention those. But you mentioned Okor's defense on Kobe White. Second quarter, about a minute ago, this is uh, when Cleveland is kind of making that late run. Okoro is chasing Kobe White around a, a Vooch screen, and he basically just blows up the DHO or whatever it was going to be there and takes it on the other end for a dunk. Just Okoro navigating like this first screen from Tice, that's a quick slip screen, and then, and then the second screen from Vooch to blow up the play to take the ball all the way to the other and dunk and get and get the, keep Cleveland kind of going in this big thing. is just so impressive. Um He's really good, man. Like his defense yeah. is already just really, really good. I, like you can look at his impact metrics and they'll tell you like, oh, like he's whatever. But like they've thrown a lot at him. He's succeeding in some really key ways. And like, of course, dope. That that that's it. That's yeah. the whole thing. Um, good pick for the Cavs. I know I waffle over the Tyrese Halliburton thing a little bit just because of how well Halliburton's playing for Sacramento. But Isaac Okoro is by and far the right pick for this Cavs team because he covers up a lot of the deficiencies that team has on the defensive side of the ball, especially with the starters. Yeah. Uh, fun game, though, Evan. I got to say, I just want to say anecdotally, like, I understand they lost. I understand, like, this this hurt their already slim playing tournament chances and whatever. But this is probably the most impactful or, like, game with stakes. And it's not the highest stakes. It's sort of, like, dollar store stakes to some degree. But, like, this was a fun Cavs game in a way that we have not had in a long time. And it was it was just kind of fun in that in that regard. Yeah, it was fun. Disappointing results, but more so curious. So when you say raise the stakes or stakes in this situation, do you mean like stakes is in beef? I always thought it was just like S-T-A-K-E-S. No, like, you know, like the, 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 oh, like the I was thinking raising, like, raising the stakes, like raising the, the, like the, like the, you never heard the phrase raising the stakes of something? Yes. I, that's why I was asking. Yeah. I was just saying, like, okay. I thought you meant like, you said dollar store steaks and I was thinking, no, no, no. Like, well, I mean like beef well, steaks. Like, okay. So for, let's do the meat comparison. So like, you know, like getting in the actual playoff hunt is like, what, like a really nice, like filet mignon from like a great steakhouse. Um, you know, like that's going to be chefly prepared and, and cooked to perfection. And then like, uh, you know, like maybe Eastern conference, <laughs> And maybe this is like like that uh, that like cheap sirloin you're grabbing at the store for a quick late night, for a quick dinner. Like the Cavs just like haven't played games that mattered in any way in like two no. years. It's kind of refreshing to see them actually show up to a game that matters. Yeah, the results are disappointing, but at least they're competitive for the majority of this game. Like you said, so it was a fun one. Yeah. I'm excited for Wednesday's matchup. Yeah, Wednesday and, and Monday, uh, they kind of I think they if the Cavs want to have actual playing tournament chances, they're going to need to win on Wednesday against Chicago. They'll probably need to win Monday as well and and finish out the month of April strong. But Evan, we got some bills to pay here on Lockdown Cavs. Uh, first up, we have our friends at Indeed, and let me tell you about Indeed. Um, Indeed, if you're looking for a job, is an absolutely great way to do it it's really the only way i would recommend looking out there for a job right now and indeed is the job site that makes you makes hiring easy as one two three for employers as well post screen interview all on indeed get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job description faster and only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and you can schedule and complete video interviews in the indeed dashboard Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. And if you go to Indeed.com slash locked, you can get that 
$75 sponsored job credit. Offer is valid through June 30th and terms and conditions apply. Let me tell you about our other sponsor, Built Bar. You know it at this point. They're the best tasting protein bar ever, and they're great for the health conscious guy or gal. We have the season two lineup of caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, but there's also the 12 classic flavors, including coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint, brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. <sighs> and they are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber and great for those on a keto diet and also great for me as a type 1 diabetic guy who loves a sweet treat. One of my favorite flavors and I, again, love a good food pun is Cherry Barcia. They have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So if you're interested, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, if you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Also, there's a free cool with purchase wall supplies less so get out there right now and go to billbar.com and use promo code locked 15 to again get 15 percent off your next order also just want to tell everyone about the locked on today podcast get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host peter bakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Okay, Evan, let's talk about the postgame of this because I thought this was sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not ask questions. Our, our friend, I, I, you know, because she's not affiliated with the team, I feel like we should make Ashley like one of our official co-hosts too, like unofficial co-hosts. Is she like fourth because Justin just has like the reps over her at this point? Justin has the reps. Brittany asks really good questions, so she's honorary. Danny is our 17th ranked honorary co-host of the pod because i had to say that to get myself out of hot water after calling justin the third honorary co-host but you know everyone follow ashley bastock on her work she is the best beat writer covering the cash for the akron beacon journal she doesn't shill for the team in any way shape or form and she's just awesome at what she does but yeah she's an honorary co-host she's done locker room sessions with us if you're able to join we'll be talking about that in a bit too but no ashley's great and i felt like i let you guys down last night she reached out to both of us saying are you doing post game i'm like I'll unfortunately will not be. And then Chris came in like a hero and said, I will be. Drop the do a leap a gift, which is just my vibe. Future nostalgia. Great yeah. album. Hot take. But um, <laughs> I thought every post game interview last night was very illustrative in some way. And that's not always the case. Like, no shade, but like th- these things can be sort of like blah sometimes, right? Like they can. Especially be- when it's virtual. You really can't get a read or press players. It's like you have your 30 to 60 seconds to ask one or two questions and then they just move on to the next person. And because it's virtual, sometimes players, I don't know, they can pick and choose who answers and players can also pick and choose if they want to talk to you or not. Yeah, and, and there's just like the idea that like, you know, I think it's even harder than ever. It's always it's it's already very hard to form sort of any kind of working relationship and, and when you're covering guys, um, especially when you're not like a day-to-day beat reporter on a team, but like it's, it's even harder in the Zoom era. But I, you know, JB... Um, talked a lot about how it was frustrating and talked a lot about how it's still a learning experience. Like he had a very clear big picture view. And I think that's the, like, if, if that's illustrative, illustrative of what he was telling the team, I think that's correct. Right. Like he said, mm-hmm. to quote him, he said, it's frustrating, but again, it's a learning process. And as maddening as it, it may be, you look at our young guys having not been in this position before. So taking those bumps and bruises before we've learned how to figure it out. And again, it is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But you have to look at the big picture of it. And again, understanding what the difference between meaningful games down the stretch is and I have to reform. And these are things we've got to learn. That was exactly, I think, dead on from JB. 
And then you go to, you know, Kevin Love. You know, he talks about playoff basketball and how it becomes a three to four, five minute game. And he gave like some very long, eloquent responses just about about the game and about you know what it's going to take for these guys and and the future of the team, not just right now, but also like this team building towards something in some capacity, right? Like he said, he talked about the how this is like a learning process and it's sort of a good thing. Um, quote naturally a team that's trying to get in that and play meaningful basketball at the end of the season it's great if we win that one we advance and we and we win that one we can advance so it's setting us up for future our future and the team's future moving forward that's about the playing tournament in which there's been some conversation about um, you know Mark Cuban and, and Luca kind of coming out against it in, in, in the Western Conference it's and so still- to speak so funny that Mark Cuban's against the play-in tournament after he was the biggest proponent of it, and now that the Mavericks are the seventh seed in the West, they may not make the playoffs because of Mark Cuban's hubris. It just, for, and for that reason, I guess Mark Cuban's out. But, 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 then, but, but then you go and look at like Kevin said, like, it should be painful, right? And if you look at Darius yeah. Garland post game, I've I, Darius is not like the most like talkative guy with us like i like and that's fine like he has every right to be that way like isaac sort of that same way they they're that's, that's darius is one of those players you have to ask him a certain question to get him to talk like one time i asked about colin if he was an all-star or not and darius gave me a really good answer he talked for like three minutes and just like talked about how this was immediately after the brooklyn game he's like yeah colin drops 42 but you don't see a guy going out there and then looking to pass the ball instead of he'd be going out there looking to score again and i don't know darius is like you said he's a weird player you have to get him with the right question because if you ask him something simple or something basic he'll just give you like a one to three word response yeah and then he and you know that he talked about um like he got asked about the third quarter stuff like in kind of two different ways and he's just like like, like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's really frustrating. It's been our whole thing this year, and we can't answer it. And like, I don't know what to tell you, right? Like, he's just like, if I had the answer, we we'd have figured it out by now. But you could just yeah. like tell via his demeanor, via his thing that this like this game really bothered him, and like that's a good thing. Like, you you want these things to sting. I think if you're if you're the Cavs, if you're the players, like you want this stuff to kind of to be something that they could have learned from. Um, it was just getting like a very illustrative post game. I think in that sense, and I I think you want to see how they respond Monday, right? Like this is a Cavs team that sometimes will have a couple really good games, and then like go a dirt in a certain way, and then they'll play couple they'll bad for a while, and then they'll rip off like a good stretch, and then like they it kind of just goes up and down a little bit. I want to see how they, they they lose this game, a game they could have won, a game where they let it half, and then the third quarter just crushed them, and they come all the way back and can't quite pull it out in the end. How do they respond Monday against the Pistons? How do they respond Wednesday in, in round two against Chicago and with the Wizards coming up? There's a bunch of stuff coming up that if, if in, you know, again, the the this will get if they lose a bunch of games in a row here, this will knock them out of the playing tournament and then maybe the wheels fall off in, in some sense. Um, but until then, I want to see kind of how they, they respond and how they finish the season in, in a lot of different ways, even beyond these this week or so. Yeah, I am intrigued to see how they kind of respond. I think either, I don't know, Detroit might be another tinker and stinker game. Like, yeah, Detroit's pretty bad, and they're out of the grand scheme of things, but I didn't realize Cleveland's only three and a half back of Detroit for last place in the division. So maybe if the Cavs, like you said, if they want to make the play in, and when we had Justin on last week and we were on the chase down talking about it, like, other than injuries, the most consistent theme for this Cavs team is every single player, every single coach. If you were to ask them, do you think this team can make the playoffs? They say, yeah, um, why not? And that's just kind of been the mantra mentality of this team for the entire season. And I don't think they're going to really lay down against the Pistons. And I think this Cavs team, especially JB, 
they have too much pride to really go out and look that bad. Like the game against Toronto, they looked abhorrently awful, and then they come back and respond in, in a pretty nice fashion the following game against the Pelicans. But I mean, it's still a loss, but they looked a lot better than they did the game before that. I think it's going to be the same case. So like Chicago, not an embarrassing loss, but a very frustrating one. And this is a bad Detroit team that they're going to be playing. And yes, Cleveland does struggle on the road, so maybe it's a little different. But you got to take your opponents seriously. You can't be looking ahead to Wednesday. But like you said, like they play the Wizards after that. They play the Raptors again. Like These are all going to be very important games now if the Cavs want to be in the play-in tournament scenario. But if they drop one to Detroit, which I don't see happening, but it could happen. And if they drop it to Chicago, I think we start to cool off on the talks because... Going into that matchup Saturday, they had a three percent chance, according to the Ringer, of making the play-in tournament. If they lose, if they drop both these games to Chicago, I imagine it's less than one percent at that point. Yeah, and it's already like low to actually get into the playoffs, like to win two games. Um, there is sort yeah. of a gulf between like eight and and ten in the conference, even though the East isn't very good. But what we can talk about, and of course, Cleveland has like beaten Charlotte this year, and Charlotte's currently eighth and whatever. But like we we can talk about that at some point, maybe later this week, we'll do kind of a scenario rundown. But Evan got some more bills to pay. We got some more sure uh, work to do here, and I think you're telling our friends about Bet Online. Uh, yeah, I am actually. Okay, I'm gonna... cool. I remember. So the Cavs may have possibly a less than 1% chance after Wednesday to make the play-in tournament, but you can still bet on those odds with our friends at Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Unfortunately, they will not be covering my fave, Batch in Paradise, but I'll find a way to bounce back. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, and they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up so if you're interested head on over to their website using your mobile device or computer and sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus if only you on your first deposit only if you use the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive betting partner of the locked on podcast network hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Get more analysis on the top prospects available on this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of everything draft four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Probably the same place you find Locked On Cavs. All right, Evan. Let's dive into this next game coming on Monday. Cleveland versus Detroit, a Central Division Can I, can I share something about the Pistons real quick? Yeah. I found really old footage of from the Darko Milicic's rookie season, and it was Fred McLeod giving the commentary. I, did, I forgot he worked for the Pistons before he came to Cleveland, and it was just like 
surreal to watch him give highlight or for those to see highlight footage with Fred McLeod's cadence and it's not Cavs footage. Yeah, it's he's become so indelible to Cleveland that like that sort of like yeah. doesn't exist in his career. But Cavs Pistons, uh, seven p.m. tip in Cleveland, if I'm not, or in Detroit, excuse me, if I'm in mm-hmm. to double check there. So another a road game here for Cleveland, um, in the Motor it's City. The place they've won already before, so that's promising. Yes, so to run through where Detroit is over the last couple weeks, they are 22nd in point differential, 28th in offense, and 10th in defense over the last two weeks. That's kind of interesting. Mm. That's a weird little, uh, that's not really what I was expecting, frankly, (laughs) from the Pistons. No, I'm not really expecting it either, and some of their last opponents, like, they're not slouches. Yes, they beat the Thunder, and they lost to the Wizards on Saturday night, but they had a home and home with the Clippers. They're in Portland. They played the Kings, which I know the Kings aren't great, but they're still a pretty good offensive team with De'Aaron Fox. They had to play the Nuggets. Um, the Knicks are really freaking good. I mean, they got they lost by 44 to the Knicks, but either way, the Pistons aren't like I said. They aren't. A, they're they're bad record wise. Like they're clearly envisioning the future. the The French connection with Sekou Dumboya and Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes is playing well for them. Um, um, Grant is a really fu- Jeremy Grant is a really fun story for him. Sorry, I just blanked on his first name at first. Uh, Jeremy Grant's a fun story. I still think that's so cool that he went to Detroit because he went to a city that is ingratiated in black culture, and he wanted to play for a black GM and a black coach. And I still think it's hilarious that Danny Age wanted to come in and trade for him after he said all those things because nothing says black culture like Boston. But not going to get fired here. But no, this is the the Pistons are. I don't think they're going to be a tough out for the Cavs. They're clearly favoring their younger players. Like, Sadiq Bey is playing a lot of minutes for them. Corey Joseph, I know, is playing as well. But, like I said, Killian Hayes are trying to get out there. They're trying. I mean, Isaiah Stewart's been a weirdly fun surprise, too, like, for them. They're looking towards the future with a lot of their players, but that doesn't mean they're bad. And I think this is the Pistons, like we've talked about before. Players don't care about the draft picks. Organizations do. Players are playing for their next contract or they're playing for job security going forward. So the Cavs can't expect an easy outing against Detroit, especially at home where they are ten and twenty, or no, ten and sixteen. Excuse me. So they're not terrible at home, but they're not great either. So and Cleveland's a team that struggles on the road as well. So this could be an interesting matchup. Yeah. So there's there's a lot sort of on the line here in terms of on, on both ends of this. So that like Cleveland wins this this adds a little bit of juice to their playing tournament hopes like that that's sort of the hope that if they can win this kind of keeps your your playoff hopes slide if they lose if they happen to lose this game it'll push them closer to uh so right now cleveland as we're recording this on sunday 2 44 p.m so maybe you're listening to this on sunday night because we're going to post this one earlier on monday maybe this would push the Cavs like a little more close like maybe past OKC but now OKC's games go um to into like the actual fifth spot in the lottery or you know push them more towards like the bottom where Detroit is currently two and a half back of the worst team in the league the Houston Rockets um and two back of the second worst team the Minnesota Wolves oh did the Wolves pass up the Rockets finally yeah they're a half game ahead Jesus that's impressive. Yes. Um. <laughs> but, like, Oklahoma City's lost nine in a row. The Kings have lost nine in a row. Um, like, every other team in this list is sort of, like, one is, like, four and six or, like, five and five in their last ten for the most part. Except for the Rockets, who are one and nine, and the Thunder, who are one and nine, and the Kings, who are one and nine. Like, there's there's some clearly bad basketball going on between some of these teams. Um, mm mm-hmm. But it, that, that's this old kind of dictate a little bit, at least for a couple of days, of where the Cavs sort of go standings wise. And I, I'm doing one takeathon sim right now, and the Cavs go to got the second, so I feel okay about that. But um, oh, it's my favorite time of day where you talk and I sim tankathon. 
share my results quietly for the listeners. Yes, but go ahead. That's this game. Just like we'll say a lot of, I think we'll set Two. things up for the rest of the week in a lot of ways. Four, seven, three. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. It's really it is a table setting game for the cast for sure. Like. Like you said, if they win this one in Detroit, they can kind of lick their wounds and feel a little bit better after a frustrating loss in Chicago on Saturday and maybe ride that momentum into home where the Cavs are still not a great team at home, but they're better than they are on the road and kind of go up against a Chicago team that is not good. And it's still wild to me to think that if this Bulls team doesn't make the playoffs or they make the play-in and don't get in like Orlando gets their pick, that's just still nutty for me. Uh, I know Vucevic is a good player. I don't know if he's worked that kind of protections of this year's draft, but um, it's just... Uh, it's an interesting scenario, and like you said, if they drop this one to Detroit, I think it just really sets them back, and especially if they lose to Chicago on Wednesday, like I know I keep saying they can't look ahead to Chicago, but we're not playing for the Cavs, we can look at this whole week as a whole, so let's say they drop to Detroit, they drop to Chicago, yeah, we start talking about the lottery, then we more of the play-in at this point, like the odds are slim, but the Cavs are somehow weirdly still in it, and that's endearing, but... Um, it's just I think the schedule will equalize everything still in the grand scheme of things, but it's 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 interesting for now, and I think that's the point of the playing tournament is like, yeah, your team might be crappy, but they might be just okay enough to sneak into the playing tournament and possibly the playoffs, and that makes things interesting for the end of the season when you have these bad teams kind of slucking it out a little bit. Yeah, and we'll we'll just frankly see. We don't know like exactly like how. Um you know, I doubt Levine's Four. back Wednesday, but that that's another thing we'll see if we learn any more about him because it, 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 it's very quiet um, in that sense about what's up with Levine. But Evan, let's wrap up here. So we're changing up our locker room schedule um, due to a poll that we did on the very scientific website that is twitter.com. We uh, are going to be doing our locker room chats after the, the 9 to 5 workday Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we're going to switch it up there. Now, we're going to basically now open up the voting to what day folks want it on. Um, so I think it's what, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the days we're offering? Yeah. Uh, let's just leave Friday nights off the table so Chris and I can kind of chillax after a long week, too. But we can do Fridays as well if people really want yeah, us to. I'm, I, I veto, hard veto. Fair. So right now we have a couple votes in leading the race is Wednesday evenings with 35.7% of the vote. So get out there, vote. The poll will be running for a little bit tonight and tomorrow at 21 hours left as we're recording this. So it's going to be around 11 a.m. noon tomorrow when the poll closes. So get that, that get out there, vote. We won't stop the count like some people might want us to. And But right now, Wednesday's the leader, and I'm fine with any of those days. Yeah, and again, like this may be a certain week, so it'll adjust. But uh, we're shifting that, and we'd, yeah. we'd really love you guys to come join us in the locker room. It's a ton of fun. You come ask us questions. You maybe hear yourself on the podcast if you ever wanted to, to talk to us or ask us a question. Um, it's a great way to do so and to, to just come on and hang out with, with us schmucks talking to Cleveland Cavaliers. But Evan, let's wrap it up there. Uh, we'll figure out the Android app stuff too for those who keep asking. Yeah, Evan's actually going to code it himself. You know me. Just <laughs> surprises everywhere, folks. Ev- Pressure's on now. Ev- now I'm sweating. Evan, Evan's, so. Evan's coding for Spotify, and the thunder you might hear in the background is is the indicative of the storm that is coming for Evan as he uh, has to code now. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah, let's wrap it up though, so I can get back to work, so I can. Uh, get everyone on locker room with us and spotify yeah but thanks everyone for tuning in again uh please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get podcasts we'll read some great five-star reviews from apple podcasts later this week and thanks everyone for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow after cleveland versus detroit 
Locked On Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the wine and gold. You can follow us on social at Locked On Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 